Thanks, guys. Wow. Um, just uh, every so often, it really strikes me uh, just how many gifted people God has brought to our community, and uh, just uh, Patrick and uh, just so many other people just uh, remind me of that. I don't know if I've in fact, I know I've never been part of a community that there's so many just gifted people, not just mu- uh, musically, but just uh, just different gifts, uh, administration and and uh, bookkeeping and creative painting and and it's just it's really exciting to to be part of a community where people use their different giftedness to uh, come together and uh, not only for building and uh, edifying uh, our our community, but also how that spills out and over into our larger community, and how that's affecting uh, families in Tallahassee and Guatemala and Africa, and it's just really really cool. And that just that doesn't happen unless people take a step out of their own kind of personal worlds and and look and say how how can I get involved? How can I make you know, life, you know, in this world better. Uh, I was thinking this morning, just, uh, and this is kind of just kind of a trivial thing, but uh, outside of that, just things that are unique, I think, or sort of unique to our community that I just, I just love. I, I love that uh, we clap. We clap at everything. <laughs> I could probably like stumble off the stage and hit my head and everybody would clap. I mean, it would just, it would be one of those things. And the other thing is we laugh. Uh, we laugh a lot. And, and I just, I just love that. And uh, it's just, it's fun to be part of that. And I just think it just elevates uh, uh, our calling. You know, we're meant to be a joyous people and a rejoicing people. And I think that that's something that our community gets uh, really well, that we, we have we have the freedom. We 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 feel the weight of heaviness and of the brokenness of our world, but we also uh, experience this joy and uh, being together and celebrating. And it's just it's fun to be part of. And I just wanted to thank you for that. So uh, we are at the uh, end of our series uh, of Ruth, the end of Ruth, I guess. Uh, and don't worry, she doesn't die or anything, but uh, it is the end of uh, her, her part, you know, her book, and uh, we're finishing up a series that we're calling The Butterfly Effect, and just to kind of remind you where we've been, if this is your first time here with us today, uh, we uh, have been through quite a journey uh, opened up with uh, three widows in a, in a land uh, called Moab. And uh, these three women were were there, and and uh, the mother-in-law Naomi decided, hey, I'm going to move back uh, to my people, and and basically told her daughter-in-laws that that hey, you know what, go back to your people. Let's just part company. Nice knowing you. Uh, you know, don't forget to write that kind of thing. And uh, one said, yeah, that's you know, that's good, I'm going to go do that, and she, you know, faded off into history, and uh, her other daughter-in-law, Ruth, uh, decided to go with her, and, and she went back to Bethlehem, 
and said, you know what, your people are going to be my people, your God is going to be my God. She made a decision there that she was going to be knit together with this woman, Naomi, and to do life with her, and she made a commitment also to make Yahweh, to make God her, her God. So she went back there, and uh, they had a hard time at it. Things were not good. You know, they were poor, that they were hungry, and uh, in that day there was Levitical law, and uh, Moses had written this law saying to landowners and farmers, said, hey, you know what, you know what, you, when you harvest your land, don't, don't harvest the corners, leave that for foreigners and widows and orphans, and that day we can kind of, during that time, we kind of can uh, extrapolate that not everybody was doing that. that. That, you know, just that was part of the giving back to God, of, of, of thanking God. And just like today, like, uh, not everybody honors God with their time and their finances and serving. Same thing back then. You know, a lot of times when we look at the Bible, we, we think that Bible people and Bible times were different. You know, people are the same. You know, people are the same throughout history. We all get concerned with our own worlds. We all get concerned about what we're doing. We uh, try to grab. We often think we're not going to have enough. Uh, we get into this habit of if I don't, they won't, or if I don't, it won't happen, and all these kind of things. And these are the reasons, you know, it basically comes down to a lack of trust in God and our Creator that, that we don't follow. So most of the people in Israel were doing that and just doing their own thing. And there, but there was a guy named Boaz who, who followed this law, and he didn't, he didn't uh, uh, harvest the corners. So Ruth was out there, and, and she was a widow, and she was a foreigner. So she was uh, under this law saying, hey, you can go and, and get the grain off the corners of, of, this, of this land. And she was doing that, and through that, she, she met Boaz, and uh, through that relationship, you know, the, it grew, and some different things happened, and finally, uh, Ruth basically asked Boaz to marry her, and that's where we have led up to this story. Um, before we jump into the, the next part, I was given uh, a couple of weeks ago a, a little article written here and uh, it has a nice butterfly on it and uh, it's named the butterfly effect can you believe it and uh, I thought it was very interesting and uh, there's something in life that uh, um, uh, that I heard called and I call it uh, this now it's called uh, sacred echoes and uh, basically a, a sacred echo is when you hear something from God uh, or you hear something that uh, is larger than, than you are or, or, uh, and you hear it once and that, that's good. But have you ever noticed like sometimes like somebody will quote some scripture to you or, or speak truth into your life and you're like, okay, that's good. And then you'll be like driving along and you'll see like a billboard. It may be about something else, but it'll have a few key words in it. And it reminds you of that. And then you like turn on the radio and 
somebody, you know, uses that same scripture or says basically the, the same thing. And, it, you know, these things happen again and again and again, and, and that's called a sacred echo. And uh, we've been talking about uh, the butterfly effect and how our small decisions uh, matter in the scheme of things. And this kind of article is a sacred echo of what we've been talking about. And many times, uh, you know, you, have you ever like uh, told somebody uh, something and they're like, yeah, 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 whatever, ever, and then somebody else says it and they're like, wow, brilliant. And you like sit there and go like, I've been saying the same thing. So maybe, maybe this coming from someone else, you might go, oh, it's amazing. So here we go. Uh, Dr. Edward uh, Lorenz died earlier this year. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's the meteorologist who showed how small actions could lead to major changes. It's an idea known as the butterfly effect. After his 1972 study titled Predictability, Does the Flap of a Butterfly's Wing in Brazil Set Off a Tornado in Texas? And would anybody notice? No, I added that part. Uh, what does that have to do with us? There's a spiritual parallel to this natural phenomenon. Small actions lead to big results. Look at the little boy with the bread of fish lunch in Matthew 15. He handed it over, and the next thing you know, thousands of people were feasting. You can bet that his mother had no idea that would happen when she packed his brown bag that morning. And what about the widow and her now famous mite? How tempting it must have been for her to hold on to her little bit of cash. The church can't need it as much as I do. They'll never notice if I don't give. God knows how much I could use this. Surely he wouldn't mind if I kept it myself. Instead, she gave the small amount she had and gained a permanent place in the pages of Scripture. The light of one candle can be seen for miles in the darkness. A tiny mustard seed grows into a tree. And as surely as the flutter of a butterfly's wing can set off a chain of events that leads to a tornado some 5,000 miles away, even your smallest action has consequences, good and bad, that you won't know this side of heaven. The truth is, we can't know what big or small, what is big or small really is in God's eyes. Our perception is skewed. We don't see things the way he does. He tells us in Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts, your ways are not my ways. So next time you think, oh, I am just an ordinary person, I can't do much, think again. There is no such thing as an ordinary life. God doesn't do ordinary. You may not be on television, the New York Times bestseller list, or the Women of Faith stage, but that's okay. Just flap your wings wherever God has placed you. Only He knows what kind of effect you'll have. I thought that was an interesting article, and uh, thank you, Joanne, uh, for giving that to me. It just kind of echoes, a sacred echo of what we've been talking about, that we have no idea what small decisions and what small actions that we make, what repercussions, how that will reverberate through 
all of eternity. And that's really how we've looked at the book of Ruth, that we've seen these small events. And I told you at the outset of this series that these seemingly mundane, everyday decisions that are made and that were made, that they were that they were going to eventually affect each and every single one of us sitting in this room. In fact, not only each and every one of us, but it would affect the whole world. And today we'll see how that happens. Now, if you open up your Bibles to Ruth chapter 4, and starting in verse 13, uh, there's not a whole lot of Scripture today. Uh, we're just really wrapping up, wrapping up this book. And this is what happens. It says, So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. The women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Now, genealogies in, in the Bible are, are basically those kind of things that, to be honest, we skip over a lot. I mean, they're just, they're not a lot of fun to, to read. But you know what? They have meaning. They have purpose. The uh, Bible says that all... all Scripture is inspired and, and it, is, it is good for teaching and, and helping people. And we look at these genealogies, and if you're, you're like me, a lot of times they're just a, a list of names. And uh, I don't know if you've ever read in, in Matthew chapter 1, basically there's a, a list of names that start with Abraham and they go all the way to the birth of Christ. Now, don't be worried, and especially my wife, don't be worried. I'm not going to sit and I'm not going to read you all of, the, all of the names in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, but what I, did, I, I do feel it's important because if we looked at those names, that we would actually start to see names that, that we recognize and, we, and because we've been studying it, that we understand some of the actions behind those names and those decisions that were made leading up to something. So, I, you know, often I, I think, you know, what's the best way of learning something? And a lot of times that's through song, you know. We, we all learned our ABCs by a song, A, B, C, D, E, and or whatever. Sorry, I just messed up the ABC song. That's not very good. Uh, uh, how many of you, by the way, thought... LMNOP was one letter, you know, for, yeah, uh, for a lot of years I did too. Uh, uh, you know, you know, and, you know, the hip bones connected to the thigh bone and, and all those kind of things. So I thought, 
what a great way to go through the, the genealogy. Uh, but, you know, what a better way than the song. So I, so I text uh, Eric, Pastor Eric, and, and I, I said, Pastor Eric, uh, I'd like you to write a song on Matthew chapter 1 uh, for this Sunday. And uh, he made a decision not to do it. <laughs> a butterfly effect. But, and... He was, he was going to be able to, you know, have all of this, you know, major fame and fortune and went along to it, but he decided not to do it. And uh, uh, somebody informed me that, that somebody with grand vision had actually written a song. So instead of me reading it, we actually found that song and we brought it here today on this video. Those applause could have been for you, Eric. <laughs> now, this is complex. I I I, under, I understand, and uh, and you have to kind of twist your mind around it a, a little bit. But when we take a step back in 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 your in your notes, there's certain butterfly moments butterfly effect moments, if the decision was changed, a mundane decision, a, a decision that the people who are actually involved, when they made that decision, 
that, that they never dreamed in the scheme of things that it would actually set into a chain of events that would lead to the, to the birth of Christ, the, the, the Savior of the world. And I just want to take you a step back now that we kind of have that picture and think about this. I mean, think about it. Naomi decides to move back to Bethlehem. Who was Naomi? Naomi was this older, you know, widow who was living in a foreign land, who who, uh, sons had died. She had changed her name or, you know, she was bitter and she changed her name to bitter, to Mara. That, I mean, think about that. You just think, oh my gosh, you know, what, what an unlikely person to really matter in history. Like really, who cares what decision she made? Really, who cares if she lived in Moab or Boab or Joab or, or any other of the abs? But she decided to move back to Bethlehem. And that decision set into course a chain of events. Her two daughter-in-law, she says, look, go back to your own homeland. One, Orpah, goes and we never hear of her again. The other one, Ruth, decides you know what, I'm going to make a decision. And she says, look, your people are going to be my people. Your God, Yahweh, is going to be my God. A personal decision that she made. And again, in the, in the historical scheme of things, if we looked at that, who really cares? Who really cares if Ruth went with Naomi back to Bethlehem? What does it matter? So they changed locations. They, they, she changed gods. What does it really matter? They come back and they're hungry and they're poor and their guiding principles are really at the, at the core of who we are as followers of Christ. That at some point, you know, we have to decide, am I going to yield my desires Am I going to yield my short-sightedness and my things that are right in front of me that I want to something bigger? Am I going to say, you know what, I may not understand this principle right now. I may not understand why, why serving and being in community and giving and, and, and staying pure and all these things. I don't understand why those things matter, but God says they matter. And when we do that, we put ourselves on a different path. A path that, that does not lead to circumstances to a point where we say, how did I get here? And believe me, I've had enough conversations with people that that path does exist. Instead, saying, you know what? I yield. I yield to something larger. I yield to God's vision for my life. And that's what we see in these, these butterfly effects. Uh, in, your, in your fridge fold, I, I outline different butterfly effects that, that lead us to an amazing thing. You see, first we have Naomi decides to move back to Bethlehem. That, that decision 
changed things. She had a mundane decision. Think about it. Do you think that in her mind at that time, do you think that she, she thought it mattered where she lived? She was an w- old widow. That she changed her name from Naomi to Mara, bitter. She probably just didn't think it really mattered at all, but it did matter. And then Ruth, deciding to go with her. She didn't have to do that. She could have looked out for herself, but she decided, you know what, I'm going to stick with my mother-in-law. It mattered. This one we talked about, Boaz following God's command not to harvest the corner of his fields. I think that's such a big one that, that Boaz saying, you know what? I am essentially going to not do this. This is income. This is stuff that I could use. Those fields, those corners represented money. Real money to him. Real income to him. But he said, you know what? God said, leave them undone. I'm just going to do it. Changed everything. Ruth obeys Naomi and goes to Boaz to ask him to be her kinsman redeemer. You know, Boaz was a much older man. And Ruth was a young woman that she probably had a lot better prospects, but she honored her, her mother-in-law. In that culture, in that time, it was the right thing to do. Boaz didn't take advantage of Ruth in her moment of vulnerability. Again, this is a man who had higher principles. I can tell you that most men This is probably not a big surprise to you. If they do not live a principled life and a young woman shows up in their bed, they're probably not going to make the decision that Boaz made. The unnamed first kinsman redeemer refuses to marry Ruth. Refuses. And thus falls into history and we don't even know his name. Boaz follows through on his promise to marry Ruth. And the interesting thing to me, and what I really love about Jewish uh, people, and uh, is that you can, you can they, they keep genealogies, that, that, that there's a, a line. And as we remember uh, back in uh, Abraham, when it, God pr- promised Abraham, look, if you follow me, I'll make you a father of a great nation. And he follows through with that. And through this line that, that amazing things happen. And I uh, found a, a video on YouTube, and, and it's a song. And uh, when I showed it to the guys, they're all like, oh, no, Mark. <laughs> It's a song on genealogies, and all right, it's a song on genealogies. Enough, enough said, but we had a choice. I could read through them all, or we could hear somebody sing them. So maybe you want to open up Matthew chapter 1, and the th- cool thing about these genealogies is that you're going you're gonna to recognize a few names, this genealogy. You're going you're gonna to recognize a few names. You're going to see... 
Abraham and you're, you're going you're gonna to see other people that you know. You're going to see Rahab. Remember Rahab the prostitute who put the cord out and helped the Israelites in, in Jericho. You're, gonna, you're going to see Ruth's name. You're going you're gonna to see Boaz's name. That you're going to see David and, and Jesse and, and, and Solomon. And you're going to see all these things and they're, they're going to lead to the moment, the birth that changed the world forever. So why don't we watch this video? See, Eric, they clapped wherever you are. I texted him earlier this week, and I said, I need you to write a song on the genealogy of Christ. And he scoffed me, basically. And so uh, we found this song. See, they could, you could have been applauded, Eric, uh, for your wonderful song. So, uh, I... I <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how to just lay this out, the, just how profound <laughs> these small actions are. And I uh, hope that through this series that we have elevated our, our, our decision making. 
I mean, to think, you know, these small butterfly moments that, that we've looked at through the, the book of Ruth, that, that any one of those decisions, if they decided to make another decision, it would have changed everything. That, that, that Ruth and Boaz, when they chose to follow God and, and to put aside their personal ambitions and their personal preferences, that God used that to bring redemption to the whole world to their decisions affect each and every one of us today. And the truth is that our decisions, no, seemingly how small they matter. They matter. And I believe so hard that, that as a community, if we could just get this right, if we could realize that, you know what? God uses the ordinary, the everyday, the mundane. He uses these small things and multiplies them into huge things. And that if we could get off this track of, you know what, I need to see instant gratification on everything I do and say, you know what, I'm just going to do the right thing, make the right decisions, travel the mountain road as we talked about a few weeks ago and allow God to use that. It can and will matter and change things. I hope that you were challenged through this series. I hope that it challenges us and our moves our community to greater obedience, to a higher view of our value and, and our purpose here. As we move through life, that we will not be, we will not wait to make decisions on the on the fly, but we will make a conscious decision to yield and to become students and followers of Christ and to live our lives as big as God is. Live lives as big as His vision is and to claim that and to follow Him with reckless abandon. Let's pray. Dear God, just uh, thank You for this story. God, I know there's so many times where we just want the easy road or we just want something and we don't think it matters so we just make a decision God let us be women and men who raise above the circumstance and that we can have an eternal perspective that we can see that we are part of a much bigger story, a much bigger plan. And that all that we do matters. 
Help us make the right decisions. Travel the mountain road. We love you all. Amen. Thank you.